Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And today we are going to be discussing Lieutenant Robin Crusoe. Much more lighthearted film than the last. Yes. Also, I was super confused because I thought it was Robert Crusoe, but he goes by Rob in the movie, but his name is Robin, and I thought it was Robert, and I, I don't know. It's all fixed now. But <laughs> 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 I was confused. Uh, do you want to go first for the Disney Dash? Sure. Here, take the stopwatch. Are you ready? No. Go. Alright, this dude crash lands into the ocean and then he floats to an island and he sets up shop there, kind of like a Swiss Family Robinson. He runs into a native girl and then fights for women's rights, but then they turn on him and definitely better than the Ugly Dachshund, for sure. 20 seconds. Nice. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Ready, Mark. Good set. Lieutenant Robin Crusoe is in the Navy and he's doing a standard mission and has to eject himself out of his plane, lands in the middle of the ocean, almost gets eaten by a shark, but then doesn't, (laughs) ends up floating to an island, creates his own little house, has a monkey for a friend, meets a girl, and then gets rescued. Yours is better than mine. 23. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Give me that plot. Okay. Lieutenant Robin Crusoe is an all-thumbs Navy pilot who ditches his plane after engine trouble. He survives a riotous raft ride only to find himself marooned on a lush tropical island with a poker-playing chimp, a gadget-rich abandoned sub, and Wednesday, a wild but beautiful native girl in exile for disobeying her overprotective father. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's literally... (laughs) It sounds weird, but it was a good, weird movie. So So some history on this movie. Um, The full title is Lieutenant Robinson Crusoe USN. I think it's United States Navy. Yes. It is a comedy film from 1966, and it was scripted by Walt. It starred Dick Van Dyke as Robinson. I see. I keep wanting to say Robinson Crusoe because it's loosely based off of Robinson Crusoe, the The book, the book. Yeah. (laughs) But it is Robin Crusoe. Right. (laughs) Um, So Dick Van Dyke plays a U.S. Navy pilot who becomes a castaway on a tropical island. Some filming for it took place in San Diego, which I believe that the filming that took place in San Diego was probably the naval ship. Mm, mm -hmm. But I guess that also could have taken place in Hawaii. But anyway, majority of the film was shot in Hawaii. On Kauai. Kauai? Kauai. Hawaii. Kauai. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as I said, it is loosely based on the classic novel from 1719 by Daniel Defoe, Robinson Crusoe. It was Walt's idea to make an adaption. And this is actually the only film that he ever receives a story credit. And it's funny because in the beginning, he's credited as Rhett Law Yensid, mm-hmm. which is just his name backwards. Um, sort of backwards. 
Meg caught that and she was like, Yen Sid. And then she went back, she's like, Rent Law, Yen Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Walter. <clears throat> um, so it had its world premiere in June of 1966. Um, and because the U.S. Navy cooperated by allowing producers to film on the aircraft carrier, the USS Kitty Hawk, Disney arranged a special world premiere aboard the ship in San Diego, along with simultaneously having a premiere with the USS Constellation, which was docked in the South China Sea. And Fred McMurray, Suzanne Plechette, who we just saw in The Ugly Dachshund, and Annette Funicello were among the big Disney regular stars that were flown out to San Diego for the premiere. That's really kind of weird. Like, they weren't even in this movie, but like, right. they I were know, flown like, out to watch Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? I hope uh, he was there. Yeah, I guess <laughs> he probably weird. was. It's just kind of weird. It's like weird wording. Yeah. Anyway. So when it was first released, it kind of had lukewarm reviews. However, they're attributing this to Dick Van Dyke's popularity. Rightfully so. He's hilarious. The film did have financial success. It made over $22 million at the box office, which I want to say in, in the 60s is like a lot. That sounds like a lot. I mean, I think the one before this, Ugly Dachshund, I think it was like six, six million. Yeah. Yeah. And that was considered like <clears throat> successful. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so in domestic theater rentals, it earned seven and a half million. Um, so I think that the 22 is like worldwide. Yeah. Um, it was re-released to theaters cause we know Disney did like to do that with some films mm-hmm. in 1974. So the New York times wrote, it's neither funny nor new. And the picture is recommended with reservations only for the very, very young and for television fans who think Mr. Van Dyke can do no wrong. Oh, that's really harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Variety said one of Walt Disney's slighter entries, intended as a wacky modern day simulation of the Daniel Defoe classic, it might have borne up in reduced running time, but in its present far length, 115 minutes misses as sustained entertainment. Whew. Los Angeles Times sophisticated parents might want to stay away. But Dick Van Dyke was both ingratiating and funny in the title role. The Washington Post called it a cheerfully foolish comedy. There we go. And said, for sheer comic ease, Van Dyke is without peer. And if Robin Caruso is no world shaker, it still has Van Dyke. Uh, TV Guide gave it one out of five stars, stating Robinson Crusoe updated is wholly contrived and not really creative. (laughs) So like that critique i can understand but at the end of the day it was still it was still so funny funny. yeah what you like like someone said like was it was it a world shaker no but was it like yeah was it like classic dick van dyke yeah (laughs) i think that honestly he is what made the film Mm -hmm. um like i'm not gonna deny that i don't know if i would have liked this movie if Robin Caruso had been played by somebody else. I, I think agree. It's, I think it's just Dick Van Dyke's comedy um, is funny to me. 
it's something I enjoy. <laughs> the best scenes were when it, it was just him. Yeah. Like, 100%. In the middle of the ocean. Like, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And we're officially back to the types of <laughs> stupid stereotypes and whatnot that Disney puts in the films that, like, unfortunately, I'm used to. It wasn't as... Um, it wasn't as jarring to see these things. It's not saying it's correct or right or okay, but it was more of like what I've been used to since we started this project in terms of, you know, insensitivities. Right. To like the, well, I guess these people weren't natives to this island, but they were from an island nearby and they were just very over-exaggerated. One of them was a, a chief and... That was uncomfortable. Um, the costumes are, you know, they they were, they didn't look, they didn't look like they did a lot of research to make them look authentic or like it looked exaggerated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The one, the one character, he's like the chief, his whole character just, it was, that part made me cringe just because it was just uncomfortable. I didn't like it was just, like Max said, it was over-exaggerated, um, I actually like I I'm wondering who played him because like it was Akim Tamaroff. He played Tanamashu. It was just like you're already taking a stereotype and then you're turning that up to eleven. You know? Like just really just overselling it with something that you shouldn't be selling to begin with. Yeah. So yeah, that was upsetting. Um, I could talk about it now. The other part that was upsetting to me is like, um, so the lieutenant runs into this, we'll call her a native girl. She's not, but she's like from the area. Um, and she does speak English, but she doesn't let on that she speaks English at first. That's whatever. But like the way that dick van dyke is like trying to interpret what she's saying like they're just signing at each other trying to figure it out but he would say like father instead of your father and it was just like you know know, it's not necessary you don't have to do that and it was like through the whole rest of the film um it's like and i don't know if that's just like i don't know it's like when you're i can't even speak words because i don't know how to explain it like just because this person might have an accent, even when speaking English, you know, like you don't They'll have still to understand like, when you say father. Yeah. You don't have to say it. Right. I, it just wasn't right. <laughs> you just sit well. You just shouldn't like make fun of accents. Yeah. And I don't, whatever. I don't know if he was making, no, I mean, maybe it was, I don't know. I just, yeah. It just didn't need, it didn't need to be there. Oh, your father. Okay. You know, right. Move on. Yeah. Um, Other than that, it was great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We're on fun facts. Okay. (laughs) Um, So this has like pretty standard fun facts, some cool fun facts, and then a really sad one that we'll get to. Um, So like Mike said, this is the only film where Walt was credited for writing a story under law Yensid. I just think that's really cool. And I bet the reason that you caught it is because Yensid is um, a villain in Fantasia. So I was like, oh, like I know that. I recognize it. And then that was really neat. Um, 
This is the second of three films that Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke made for the Disney Studios. The other two were obviously Mary Poppins, and then we will get to Never a Dull Moment, which I'm excited Ooh, to see I him in something else. Didn't know about that. Yeah. I will say, like, um, I didn't watch when, like, Meg pulled us up on Disney Plus. Like, we just hit play. And then I saw Dick Van Dyke, and I was like, is that who I think it is? And, like, instantly I was like, oh, I'll, I will watch this movie. Which, you know, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover or a movie by its title. But sometimes you just do. And I wasn't looking forward to this one. But that gave <laughs> <Same>. me hope. <laughs> Same, honestly. And I was like, oh, wait. I actually I saw his name come on the screen, and I was like... Oh. <laughs> oh, maybe I will like this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, the photograph of Lieutenant, is it Caruso or Caruso? I don't know. Lieutenant Caruso's girlfriend know. is that of Riza Stevens. So I looked that up and she is a really well-known um, opera singer. And then she also was in Little Women in 1958. She played Margaret. Oh, so I thought that was cute. She was also in Journey Back to Oz and she played Glinda. So she's an opera singer and then also she did some films and I just thought that was cool. Um, One of the final productions, this is one of the final productions that uh, Walt Disney personally oversaw prior to his passing away in December of 1966, which is the year of this film's release. Um, Like a lot of his studio films, he was an uncredited producer on the picture. Uh, Dick Van Dyke is solo on the screen for the first 30 minutes of the film, which I remember saying to Meg that like, so his humor like is just slapstick, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, it is a direct connection to my funny bone. Like I, that just makes it's, it's dad jokes in movement <laughs> pretty much. Um, so I was like the best part of this is this is just him alone acting this out and it's hilarious but i didn't realize it was literally a solid 30 minutes um at one point dick van dyke sings go tell aunt Rody" with the same punchline that is used by buddy and sally in one of his episodes of the dick van dyke show which is kind of cool because i don't know if i've ever seen that show i haven't either but i, I did notice this one that in one scene he does start singing some of the words to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. He does? Um, yeah, it's like really quickly. He's like, he just like kind of does like, <laughs> and then like runs away. But it's just funny that he I added those two in. ad-libbed. And oh, for sure. Just, like, I wonder how much of this movie was just like, all right, we're going to film you for 30 minutes. Let's right. show me what you got. Like, I guarantee that raft scene, they were just like, all right. Show us what you got. (laughs) Kind of like how they just kind of let Robin Williams go with the genie and then like wrote in stuff and how they did stuff with ooh Josh Gad and Olaf and put it in. I really like when they do ad libs. It's cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Richard Deacon is the voice of the survival manual narrator. Which that like really that part really made me laugh because this book was like it's his survival book that comes in his survival pack and like is written really funny like it's supposed to be slapstick funny and there's this narrator reading it out loud and it's almost like a real voice that Dick Van Dyke is interacting with Um, and the book is called like how to live at sea and like it 
(laughs) (laughs) That was funny. But this guy also, um, Richard Deacon, he played supporting roles in a ton of television shows. Um, Just the ones that I recognized instantly were The Dick Van Dyke Show, Leave It to Beaver, The Munsters, and he was also in That Darn Cat. But, like, if you do a quick little search of him, he is just on... Right. He is just on so many TV shows. Um, I think he was also on um, not I Love Lucy, but like the one that came after that that had her in it. No, oh, I can't. Lucy Well, yeah, I don't remember. No, I can't remember what it's called. But all right, so let's end on a very sad fact here. So there was a cameraman named Robert King Baggett, and he was working on this film. Uh, and he was actually he actually died during filming in Hawaii because a huge wave hit his boat and it washed him overboard. Peter Ellenshaw, who is the guy that does all the paintings, was also knocked overboard, but he was able to reach shore. I just think that's like really crazy. That is nuts. Yeah, I thought that was very sad. So, R.I.P. Peter Ellenshaw, man. I know. Imagine, like he's a he's a genius. There was moments. He's done so much. Mm-hmm. And like, he's done incredible work, but I think this one might be his best because. I agree. That scene where like the submarine, like the submarine wreckage and Dick Van Dyke is literally walking on it. Yeah. You can tell, you can tell. I could tell it was a painting because I was looking for them. Right. Because I saw Peter Ellenshaw's name mm-hmm. in the credits at the beginning. So I was like, ooh, that must mean that there's going to be paintings right. I want to see. So like a couple times we paused and I was like, that's a painting. <laughs> um, the other one was when was so good. Um, the lieutenant goes like he's exploring the island when he kind of first gets there and he gets he like climbs this really tall mountain and he gets to the top so he has like this beautiful view. And I was like, oh, that's a painting. But it looked amazing also the oh gosh what is the name of the the big stone thing that they go talk to oh man i can't remember tomatoa did i know that is definitely (laughs) the crab from moana (laughs) i'll look it up oh my god that's so funny (sighs) but there was a moment where that was a painting as well and then i will say that some of these special effects were hilarious. Oh, we laughed. Oh, my God, we laughed. <sighs> All right. Characters. Dick Van Dyke plays <laughs> Lieutenant Robin Crusoe. What is its name? I don't Did know. Did you find it? No, okay. I thought so you were looking. laughing at me again. Oh, Kabuna. Kabuna. <laughs> Tomatoa. <laughs> it's so shiny. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tried. I, a for effort. <laughs> you know. Hawaii. Okay. Hawaii. I know. I know. Moana's not filmed in Hawaii. No. I I know. (laughs) Then why do they have her all over Alani, huh? No, the Polynesian, she fits there, but... She does. Yeah, you're correct. So shiny. I can't wait to get to those films. (laughs) Oh, God. We have, like, 20 years. (laughs) Dick Van Dyke plays Lieutenant Robin Crusoe. Um, so I think he's totes a Gryffindor first off, just to like put that out there. Yeah. He is very, um, he is just like very brave in the face of a a lot of danger. Like he doesn't. Okay. So 
honestly, the first 30 minutes of this film are my favorite yeah, I agree. parts of the film. Um, and him in the raft in the middle of the ocean with the horrible visual effect of a shark. <laughs> I told um, Meg, I said, I thought the effects in Jaws were bad, but this takes the cake. <laughs> It's really bad, but it's funny. Oh, oh my god! I don't like know if it, it's it supposed brings, to be that bad. Yeah, like it brings a level of humor to it that I'm sure was not meant to be there. Right, like now us was. watching it in 2021. I mean, like, <laughs> we have the Avengers to compare this to, right? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was just hilarious. Um, but you know, like. Props to you guys for trying. It's, you know, in the 60s, that was probably amazing. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I thought it was a real shark. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, those. It's that is honestly a terrifying situation. At least for me, that is like one of my worst nightmares. That situation that he was in is one of my worst nightmares. Being stranded in the middle of the ocean. Shark or not being stranded yeah. in the middle of the ocean on an inflatable raft with no land in sight like hard pass thank you no <laughs> i don't eat fish there's no drinkable water around just hard no yeah and he like i mean sure he had his moments where like he looked a little scared but like generally generally speaking he got himself out of the situation and fought critically while doing it sure it was funny and like when he pulled that knife out and he started stabbing i was like he hit the boat he hit he hit his boat and he did and it was hilarious if you're gonna watch if if you're thinking like "Eh, i don't really want to watch this movie please just watch the first 30 minutes like i'm literally (laughs) thinking of it right now and like laughing like at one point he's like out at sea for like four days and his book is talking to him right and it's saying like Humans can live for 70 days without food, so you're okay. However, you can only live for four days without water. And he's like, oh, crap, Like I need some water. And then it starts raining, and he's like, the beautiful rain, the beautiful rain. And then his raft starts filling up. He's like, get rid of the beautiful rain, get rid of the beautiful rain. <laughs> I lost it. Oh, God, it's so funny. It, it, it really was. Oh, like I will think of these random slapstick moments. <laughs> At any this time, is genuinely this a movie that like I would watch again. Yeah, I would watch Which this again. Yeah, I can't say about a lot of movies that we have watched up till this point. Live action movies like yeah. this, like you know, I mean, obviously Mary Poppins, and like there's a handful. Yeah, I might put it on again. This is this is on the very short list. <laughs> so, oh god. Um, okay, well, Nancy Kwan as Wednesday. So when I actually don't know if that's her real name, it's, he gives her that name and she just kind of goes with it. I think it's something from the book too. Like I think she's called like Girl Wednesday, but I don't know why. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm uh, not sure what the actual meaning behind it is, but yeah, I think he calls her that. Yeah, he calls her Wednesday. Um, and so she is stranded on this island by her father Tanamashu because she did not obey him she, basically she, she didn't, didn't want to marry yeah she didn't want to get married so he sent her to this island basically to like fend for herself or die because he didn't want to deal with her <laughs> um but they run into each other and 
Dick Van Dyke or Robin Crusoe is definitely interested. In he's got a fiance starting back a relationship, home. but yeah, he yeah. he's committed back home, and he still, you know, likes to think that he's going to get rescued one day by the Navy. Um, so nothing actually like comes to fruition with this, but Wednesday feels it too. Oh yeah, she wants she wants that to happen um, big time. And at the end, she chooses to have the marriage dance with him. And that is when he runs away. He's like, wait, we're He's what? Like, wait, what? What? And then he runs away be- and he actually ends up seeing a helicopter um, and they notice him. So they like put down something to rescue him with. <laughs> and he's being chased by Wednesday and all of her sisters uh, and he almost doesn't make it, but it was he does. almost exactly like in Frozen where they start doing the marriage ceremony with the trolls. And then yeah. he's like, she's engaged to someone else. Yes. <laughs> it's like almost the exact same scene. Yeah. <laughs> but with people that are now going to kill you because you don't want to marry someone instead of deciding that, you know, she's just a fixer upper. Yep. Yeah. Um, the really interesting thing that Wednesday brought to this, that's, I mean, the best part, as we've said a thousand times, is when Dick Van Dyke is alone, um, when he's also with who we will talk about, the NASA astro chimp, Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was cute. Um, but when Wednesday comes in, it's very interesting because I didn't see it going this way, especially because of the times, like the whole premise of him meeting her, um, was he like, he like boosts her up to fight for women's rights yeah. for her and her sisters and cousins that eventually come into the picture too. And like, they come up with this big plan to fool her father into thinking that this totem that they have, this God Tomatella. that they have yet. Yeah. yeah Tomato <laughs> Kabuna, uh, who apparently only speaks to him. Um, they fool him into thinking, well, no, he speaks to your daughter too. And he says that we should have speaks to him, right? That we should have rights and we should be able to speak and we should be able to choose. Yeah. That was like a nice surprise storyline. Yeah. It was just really interesting. And it was cool that, um, and they had like the signs of like a protest, like having a women's protest and it said like women deserve the right to speak or marry who they want. And it was cool that a man, represented in the 60s was fighting for these women's rights and it was his idea yes well you got rights you should you you should deserve your rights and he really he put his life on the line for that he He genuinely did yeah he could have died even before (laughs) they decided to turn on him first of all he could have died because yes tanamashu could have turned him and his people against robin crusoe but also the fact that he was hiding in this stone um, like, like a cave type thing that was what's its name? Kabuna. Kabuna. Kabuna's face was on the outside, and he was on the inside of the cave, and he filled it with like all of these explosives. Yeah, he was like using special effects to like make it seem like Kabuna had magic. Yeah, and and it's because they found all of these items on this abandoned submarine ship from Japan, which is where we meet <laughs> Floyd. Which is where we meet Floyd. First, let's sort Wednesday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of going Ravenclaw. I was going to say Slytherin. She's cunning. Oh, that's true, too. See, I do kind of feel like sometimes Slytherins and Ravenclaws 
They're very they similar. A bit of the same type of thing. So maybe I'll just go uh, Slitherclaw. I could I could get on Ravenclaw too because she uses the cool use of intellect big time to like. She does. Yeah. It's it's like I feel like Slitherclaws are some of the best combination because you have cunning with intellect. Oh, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and that is kind of what I feel like she is. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Floyd next. So we meet Floyd, the NASA astrochimp, on this submarine. He's like living in this submarine. For years. For years. Um, and I guess NASA had, according to this movie... NASA had a program where they were sending chimps up into space and it's believed that Floyd must have fallen like into when, the ocean yeah. when like a satellite was coming back. Yeah, like or re-entry. Like a, yeah. And they couldn't find him because this is some uncharted island. Yep. And he brought himself to shore here um, and he's been living on this island for years. And it just happens to be the same island that Robin Crusoe gets stranded on. So they kind of become buddies. And they actually, like, build this whole little house set up together. Like, Floyd helps him build it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, like, we started with the lieutenant under some really rickety palm leaves and his, like, rain jacket that rips open <laughs> and spills all over him. Um, but, yeah, with, with this chimp's help and they, like... He creates a mail system because he sends a message in a bottle to his fiance every day. Um, they have this whole treehouse that they build. What else do they have? I feel like they've got other stuff too. It's it's kind of like Swiss Family Robinson. Did you say mailbox? Yeah, you said mailbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it says U.S. mail. <laughs> it does, and it's like a toilet flush to like just send it to the ocean. <laughs> oh my god! Gotta get the mail out. Gotta catch the tide. Oh, also like a little putt putt course or something. Oh yeah. He plays putt-putt with, with Floyd. They found, like, golf clubs in the submarine and created a little putt-putt. Oh, my God. It's just, like, they have... He has someone to talk to now. They've, Floyd like, made is a, a life there. Yeah, Floyd is a smart chimp. They have a relationship with like each other. They, they're friends. Yeah. It was cute. I'm going to say that Floyd... <sighs> I'm going Ravenclaw. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, Floyd's Floyd's totally a Ravenclaw. Also, um, don't at me because I put a chimp in your house. There, he's smart. He's cool. <laughs> he's he's cool. He, he is might, awesome. I really liked him, and I don't like I don't care for monkeys. Yeah, and he was really cool. It was funny because you know he uh, Crusoe finds this chimp like <laughs> in a submarine, and uh, Floyd turns around to like I don't know get something, and on his pants it says U.S. Navy. And he's like, oh, a fellow naval officer. Like, he's so excited. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. How about Tanamashu? Uh, so Tanamashu is kind of your typical hierarch hierarchical male figure. Baddie uh, turned good baddie? Yeah. He basically didn't believe that his daughters or any of the women in his family um, deserve to choose who they want to marry, deserve to have a voice in much of anything in terms of like decision making. So that's why they plot this whole thing because he claims that 
what's it called? Kabuna. Kabuna. <laughs> I'm never going to remember. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> he claims Kabuna only talks to him. Mm-hmm. And this is what Kabuna has said, that women don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be like, okay. <laughs> um, so that's why Robin and Wednesday come up with this plan. Mostly Robin, really. Wednesday helps execute it. But Robin mm-hmm. comes up with the plan to, like, you know, play Kabuna. I remembered. I'm proud of you. But Tanamashu doesn't fall for it. Like, mm-hmm. ever. He's like, no, this is a prank. Which well, is, also, he said that's not what, what's it called? Kabuna. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's not what Kabuna sounds like. <laughs> um, it sounds like a white man. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and when then chaos ensues. Come shooting out the eyeball on a hose. <laughs> I think it jigs up. Mouth. <laughs> yeah, mouth. yeah. Yeah. Oh. That also was some of the funniest graphics. And they, so on top of that, like, okay, so all of the girls end up coming to the island. That's when they start this plan. So, so Robin Crusoe is like divide and conquer, basically. So like half of you are going to lead them to Kabuna and then the other half are going to destroy their ships. Oh, yeah. So they, um... They put holes in the bottom of a handful of the ships, and then they attach a bomb. Yeah, like a torpedo. Yeah, a torpedo to Tanamashu's ship. Mm-hmm. So Tanamashu gets on it, and <laughs> the torpedo goes off, and he's like flying all through the water, almost about to hit like a rock formation. And like he would have died. Oh, yeah, the thing would have blew. I think that that probably honestly was what they wanted. Probably. They did not want him to come back around and land on the island. Yeah. Because that's what happened. But then he ends up like understanding what they want. Yeah. And things are cool. Yeah. Until more heck breaks loose. Until Robin says no to marrying Wednesday and runs for his life and gets saved by a helicopter. Yeah. And goes back for Floyd. Goes back for Floyd and Floyd and him escape together. And Floyd is the renowned rescuer. Yeah, no one wants to talk to Rob. <laughs> no one cares. Everybody is just so happy that Floyd is back. <laughs> We've been looking for you for years. Oh, boy. Tanamashu. He's probably a Slytherin. I don't know. He was just like... I don't even want to put him anywhere because he's, he's just like too rotten. Muggle. He's just a rotten dude. All right. Who's your favorite character? I think it's got to be Robin. Lieutenant Robin. Just because like, God, he was so funny. Yeah, he's my favorite too. So, I mean, like I was laughing out loud for Same. much of this movie. So good. I mean, I kind of already said it, but my favorite scene is honestly just the first 30 minutes of the film. Like discovering that, you know, like he's in the plane and then he has to eject himself from the plane. Then he's in the water. (laughs) He has like these food tablets and he pops four of them. And then he, he's like, Oh, they're the equivalent of a Turkey dinner is what his book tells him. So he eats four. And then after he eats it, he's like, do not eat more than one at a time may cause internal distress. (laughs) 
so then he gets hiccups and he's trying to figure out how to get rid of his hiccups on a raft. He tries to stand on his head and do like all these ridiculous things. Oh my God. Like so, I, I really, I wonder if there's information anywhere about like how much of that was just him doing him. on a whim. Yeah. I, I feel like, it, I feel like of none it. of that was scripted. Yeah. Like aside from, hey, this is what the book's going to read to you, react to it. But even that I feel like is up for interpretation. Like, yeah. like he could have been like, oh, well, that's funny. I'll take four of these and like the book will tell me to only take one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with Mike the first 30 minutes, but I have to give a shout out to the one scene where um, Robin and Floyd are getting along and Robin's like, oh, I got a girl back home. Do you want to see a picture of her? And he pulls out from his pocket in his wallet a picture of his fiance and he's like oh i bet you don't have a girl back home and floyd <laughs> reaches into his pocket and pulls out this lady chimps picture <laughs> it was so funny i forgot about that <laughs> it was so funny oh my god just like that kind of humor like just ridiculous off the wall oh man least favorite character Hanamashu. Oh, show. I agree. Yeah, just because he was just bad. Yeah, and just like the scenes with him. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Same. Yeah, same. Those are my least favorite scenes too. It was like when he's involved. Yeah, it was just like I don't know, like the the people who are around him too. Like everybody kind of was over exaggerated. Like all of the men, all of the native men, Mm -hmm. basically were over exaggerated, and it was just like. yeah he was like whacking people on the head with his like he was too much and yeah he was was a lot it was a lot um what did you take away from it oh boy um that i really like slapstick comedy um (laughs) but i really like dick van dyke yeah um this is another example of don't judge the movie before you watch it I, I don't think I'll ever fully grow out of that, no matter how many times I remind myself to not do it, but I will try to. Um, he is 95. Whew. He is he has a heart of gold, man. He's a good dude. Um, and I guess if you want to take it from a literal sense, if you find yourself in a scary situation, try and stay calm. Keep your head pushed through and move through it. Whether you are stranded on a raft with a shark or you're dealing with something small and trivial in your day. You can survive on a stranded island. (laughs) But just cross your fingers and hope that there's a washed up submarine on the island (laughs) to give you all the supplies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All the supplies. All right. Ready for a Disney memory? Yeah. Okay, this one is actually pretty recent. We got it not too long ago. It's from Kathy. I recently found your podcast and I'm only on episode 17. So if you read this, it will be a while before I hear it live. But that's okay. Because I adore this podcast and have loved hearing about movies I haven't seen. And something so interesting to me is hearing how much trouble you had to go through to find some of these movies. I started listening after Disney Plus came out. So we've got it easy. I appreciate your dedication. A handful of the movies coming up are not on disney plus oh, no. <laughs> all right well, <laughs> well Rob, okay. actually this movie was not we had to rent oh, we had this to movie. rent it yeah, yeah that's true 
it's worth it though you know at least for those 30 minutes no seriously like the whole movie was it was funny but anywho on to the memory it's going to be kind of sad so i apologize in advance we've always been a disney family but we had a vcr and all the classics and some package films on tape i have most songs from these movies memorized confusing the students i now teach i started accepting my disney obsession in my college years and took my parents vcr and tapes when i got my own place as an adult I'm getting married on March 26th. Ooh, I guess you're married now. Congratulations. Congrats. And we were both having to downsize to move in together after our wedding. Well, I have all these tapes. Since we don't, since we know we won't watch them anymore, I started accepting that they have to go. I didn't want to throw them away because my childhood was built on those tapes. Thankfully, a friend of mine was specific, specifically looking for a VCR and kids tapes. After a couple days of convincing myself to message her, I packed up my stuff. I was literally crying as I was boxing them, but it is truly a blessing to know they will be in a good home. The Disney magic can continue on to another generation. Kathy. Oh, I, well, I love know, that. It's awesome that you decided to share the Disney magic. Yes. Um, I, I know that feeling of like, you know, you're supposed to let go of this thing. It's hard, but it's not easy. It's not easy. And it's always super helpful when you can, instead of like, like, we always try to donate stuff if we're not going to use it anymore, but it's always extra helpful if you're, like, giving you know it to someone. someone. That you can give it to. Yeah, like, I know that this will be loved in a way that I loved it. I just won't be possessing it anymore. Yeah. It helps. I think that's really sweet that you passed that on. We've done that with, like, Harry Potter books. We've had, we still have probably too many sets of the books, but we were like. But I've downsized to what I want. <laughs> and it was when we were moving, right? Yeah. So we were like, we don't, we don't need all of these. Do we want them? Yes, but we found so I gave them to some teacher friends for yeah. their school libraries. So like, we know that they're gonna get use, good use out of them, and helps us out, helps someone else out. Yeah. So thanks, Kathy, for sharing Thank you your for story. Your um, so if you would like to share your Disney memory. Email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It could be anything Disney related, so send it in. It will be sure to feature it on the show. Um, we still do have all the memories from before we took our very long break, so you will be featured. Do, do not worry. Uh, Grown Up Kids can be found on Spotify or anywhere you can listen to podcasts, so make sure you hit that little subscribe button. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, hit that little three-dot menu and share it with your friends because if you liked it, they'll probably like it too. Uh, but make sure you do subscribe so you can get that latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We are on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. We post a discussion after each episode in the Facebook group that we have. So make sure that you head on over there to join in on the conversation with us. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to watch... Something about right Donegal. There it is. The Fighting Prince of Donegal. Which, guys, if you remember my love of the Sword and the Rose, that is a suggested <laughs> watch after this. So <laughs> it could be rough. I'm nervous. I'm um, nervous. So yeah, make sure you watch that one ahead of next week's episode. Oh, that's my line. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past.
And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.